now recording. Okay. Yeah, no, I know I know you were telling me about um when Bill O'Reilly got canceled, how upset it made you. Um but uh, my Wi Fi dropped. There we go. Oh shit. Okay, can you hear me now? You were just really scratchy just then. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I was walking outside into to beautiful Glendale. Oh, beautiful. Dude, it's, it's gorgeous right now. Are you kidding it me? is a wonderful day here in Los Angeles. Um, anybody that <laughs> doesn't want to, you know, make the move out here, they're, they're, uh, they're missing out. There Dude, is... I'm looking at the blue, most spotless. I mean, it, it is actually one of the most beautiful days in like a month here. We are so blessed. God smiles down on us like this. Oh, my God. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And he is good to us. So, Michael, um, one thing, when you are walking, make sure that, like, your signal's still good because you are a little bit, right now, even kind of um, satellite-y is the word. Ah, okay, shit. Um, yeah, if it keeps that up, let me know. I'll just turn around and go back inside. Yeah, well, you sound great now. So, wherever you are right in this second, you sound awesome. Um, but, uh, all right, return guest, uh, Mike Hogan, you've been on the podcast before, you know what the deal is, you know, it's good. Um, this is the end with Adam. Uh, we're actually both in the same city. So, uh, this should technically be the best quality (laughs) audio podcast (laughs) that we have. Doubt that's going to be the case. Uh, but how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty good today. Like I said, it's kind of hard to not be in a good mood outside like this i'm walking around man things could be worse where i live there's a lot of flags up for armenia Mm -hmm. um there's literally people vacating and going to you know assist with the conflict with azerbaijan oh wow it's a it's a nice reminder that i don't have to flee to my home country to defend it (laughs) yeah yeah case next week but i'll already already be here you know what I mean? I'm already, I live in the trenches if that's what it's going to turn oh, into. Oh, man, you're, so, you're breaking, you know, up, I just, I, you're breaking I up a at, little bit. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm turning back around. Yeah. Wherever you were, like, right when I was saying you were good, you sounded like you were in your own house, wherever that was. Okay. I'm going, yeah. I, it is. It's my Armenian neighborhood in Glendale, <laughs> where I'm, I'm most at home. But, yeah, no, I mean, things are, things are pretty good. Definitely, uh, you know. Rounding out the end of the year with a couple of uh, fun shorts and prepping for other stuff and just a little bit of this and that. So it's all it's all pretty gravy. That's great, man. Yeah, you you managed to stay properly busy during this whole uh, pandemic, you know, whereas I've literally been sitting on my ass and smoking weed. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this, it's really good to see that, like, you know, you, you found a way to work around all of the new restrictions, which is kind of a feat in itself. Yeah, I was listening to your, I binged your two most recent just to get in like a good headspace. And uh, <laughs> Morgan's Morgan's was the one where I was like, oh my God, there's so much to talk about. But then with Brady's, that was really interesting because he's someone, you've told me about him from time to time. And it's like, I've never, I've never met him or been able to put a, uh, you know, a voice to any of the stories and all that. But what he was saying about going into pandemic with that, that primer of depression Right. kind of being being ready for it uh i didn't experience it quite like him but I, I did i had left a job i'd been on for 14 months like the most uh long-term like professional like i worked in an office i had a key card 
Right. I would go in like I knew what my week would be. I was I knew I was paid fifty weeks out of the year. Yeah. Um, I left that. I left that just because I wanted a change for myself in February of 2020. So, <laughs> <laughs> ah, so jokes on you. Yeah. Well, it is and it isn't because like <laughs> right, right. I got right. because you know fortunately I have gotten so much done and it's been like a really great like I've been able to be really true. to like the kind of art I want to be doing and all that and it's you know it, it opened up that and then I mean there's no lying to the pandemic and being on unemployment mm-hmm. that's the uh, the unfortunate you know there's the silver lining in that mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah I mean I I went into March having been freelance again for about a month so I was kind of ready I mean no one was really ready but uh I was kind of ready in in that same sense to to just be left to my own devices um and and just hit the ground running although the first thing that happened was i i got the the biggest budget music video i'd ever gotten and then we had to drop it because of uh the pandemic so, of, yeah yeah and, i mean it's been it's been wrought with plenty of failures as well because that happened literally again a month ago with the same client where now it was just too close to to christmas to to get this video done with the concept that we pitched and just you know what I mean? So it's like, right. it's been productive, but I've also seen a couple of big budget jobs just come and go within the span of like a week. And those are sharp, sharp uh, highs and lows for sure because of how how uh, dopamine dependent filmmaking <laughs> makes you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when, when you're yes. doing it and you're, just, yes. you're riding the motherfucking high. And then yeah. when it's over, there's an enormous void and you just fall into it. Uh, it's pretty treacherous. Well, I, and I think like for the people listening, uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't understand about the production of filmmaking is that it requires every centimeter of your being for it to yes. work correctly. And when you're that engulfed in it, like you're not neck deep in it, you're submerged inside of it. And then when you suddenly get pulled out of the water, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like I was just so busy in a, a month ago and now I have nothing going on. And that is sort of this real, like, jarring, um, you know, it's the, yeah, it, it, it is that kind of, like, like you're saying, like, that, uh, that, that sort of lack of dopamine that you get. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can, I mean, I haven't been in, in production in over a year, so I can't say I know how you're feeling, but I can empathize. Um, well, you've always been the one who was like, oh, I need to not be in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah, mainly my, my reason for kind of getting out was, you know, for the tiny, tiny, tiny amount that I was um, necessary to the project, it required everything from me where I was getting next to nothing from it. Now, Mm. it wasn't like that in every production. I've definitely had, especially when I was an assistant to producers, you know, plenty of times where I got a lot of information and just a true download of what I was doing it all for. Um, but at least from my experience in New Orleans, right, which is totally different than I'm sure what your experience has become because you've stayed on that track. For me, it just didn't seem, at least for what I knew I was good at and what I could have been, the money I could have been making doing other things, it, it didn't really. And also, too, I, I wasn't a production-minded guy. I'm not a nuts and bolts guy as much as I tried, tried to be. I'm not. So that's yeah. another, that's oh, another totally. big thing, yeah, where if you're yeah, not. If it, yeah. It doesn't fit. 
Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's and it really is um, a skill into itself. Um, even to the even to the like, and I don't want to even say low level because that's such a, a misnomer for for how for how much work somebody that might be like a key PA does. You know, like a key PA as low down on the totem pole as they are, they know so much. They have so many skills that are yeah. a requirement to that production working uh, pristinely. And you and I have both worked on sets where the key PA was less than, you know, that. And uh, <laughs> yeah. things happened as uh, yeah. a result. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. I mean, I, when the film we both worked on, things ended for that particular guy in a pretty dramatic fashion. Um, <laughs> But then yeah. he made way for someone like Zoe to, to or no, she didn't No, Zach stepped in on that one. But you know what I mean. It made way for other people who who do understand what a responsibility it is to be a key PA or a base camp PA. Because you're right, it is such like a misnomer. Because a PA could be someone who just eats shit and takes out trash. And it's like, yeah, that's that's kinda like the starting, but but yeah, I mean, when they start taking on key responsibilities or they're on a DGA track like those people um, it's a whole different ball game, and it's not an entry level position, you know. No, it is not, and it is a career path. It requires that much from you. So you know, yeah. I think like overall, um, I've started, especially during COVID, have started to kind of go back to what my fundamental reason for liking film was, which was to tell stories. Um, you know, the production part of it. As much as as much as I learned from it, and as much as I um, will, you know, still want to be involved, it, it is for me an outlet to tell stories. Whereas, so could uh, you know, publishing a book or you know, writing an op-ed. All, all those things for me are the same thing. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it's a means to an end. Production is is like uh, it's, it are like growing pains. You know, right, right. And I think this stuff. I I really love when you're in the middle of filming, because I think that's pretty magical, but it is on either end of that, there's kind of all the production nonsense. I think prep and post can sometimes end up being equally as fun because they're a little more, I think, you know, both have a lot of logistic stuff, but mm. when you're really prepping, you're really like mapping a vision and, and kind of laying a successful groundwork to show up and just execute. And then post, you're doing like a whole other stage of, of figuring yeah. everything out um, yeah but neither involves you know it shouldn't involve like the 12 hour days or overnight the, the production really <laughs> yeah right, right. Just, yeah i think yeah. you have to be a little a little uh a little bit of a sadist and, and hate yourself uh <laughs> like i do to really take to production at times <laughs> you go but why it, do i keep putting myself through this it, it's uh it for me it's an envious quality like especially when i was in atlanta and I was talking to these guys that were like, yeah, you know, another 23 hours. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll probably be done with this six days. In the, yeah, six days. Yeah, so but I'll get that it. union six-day pay and I'll be my <laughs> wife and it's all yeah. good. You know, it's just like, <laughs> but know. There's this contentment that I envy. I'm like, why can I not be okay with sitting on this set <laughs> for fucking 85 million hours? And why is this transpo guy chilling like more than chilling with that like i it, it really is something that i've always felt is I, I lack there's certain there's some level of grit that i lack and maybe maybe it's because uh, i'm too silver spoon i have no idea but i literally I, can't I do that that's fair because I, I think there, there's that's that's true for me too for sure but with the yeah. transpo guy 
That guy has worked every shit blue collar job in the fucking world. He doesn't right. give two shits about storytelling or Stanley Kubrick or anything. <laughs> yeah. And to him, he's he's now a teamster, and he's right. like barking at A list actors in a van while he chomps on an unlit cigar and driving like a ma- you know what I mean? Like he's got a cherry yeah. gig where yeah. it's simply an industry, and and he thinks that. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there's a cinephile teamster out there that I don't know. But you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. No, I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. They're teamsters. So we're there. so union. Yeah, we're, union we're so invested in storytelling and the romance of it and all. So so yeah, the yeah. minutia becomes minutia, and it, it is just like a painful process that you, a birthing thing that you have to go through to get your story out. <laughs> no, yeah, it it really is a birthing process. But um, no, let's let's circle back because um, I'm so flattered that you actually did listen to both episodes of my podcast. I know there was some stuff in the um in the Morgan one, and just to give you some background, like that is 30 minutes of that podcast. It's about almost two hours that I just uh, for for whatever reason I just said, you know what? I think the 30 minutes that we had in the beginning really demonstrates the point of the episode. So I'm just gonna release that. Um, but it was, it was something that I was a very, very on the fence about releasing number one, not for Morgan doesn't care, but more just for me, um, you know, uh, having as vulnerable of, of a conversation as I did with somebody that, that I had, you know, such an intimate relationship with, I was like, okay, you know, I do love podcasting. I do love, you know, this medium, but is, am I willing to dip my toes this far into it? And you know what really, at least for me, sold me on, on releasing it was I was listening to like old Duncan Trussell podcast where he's like literally crying on the podcast. And it's like a beautiful yeah. moment. You know what I mean? It's like a beautiful moment. He's talking to someone who really loves him and he really loves them. And I'm like, man, like that was the stuff that got me into, sold me really on just serially listening to podcasts. So that's what got put me into the, you know, made me decide to release the Morgan episode. But I wanted to know from a bystander, like, what did you get out of that? I mean, definitely what you just said, because uh, I texted you and I was like, dude, I think this is your podcast uh, is it's almost a profile of you from the people around you. And yeah. And it's self-reflective. I don't want I'm not trying to get too meta with it, but you know what I mean? Like, no, yeah, what, of course. Yeah. Like you said, when you start to get to know the person doing it. Um, I was thinking how much you hate Mark Maron and you were like, yeah, Mark Maron <laughs> thinks like emotions are punk rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think and, uh, <laughs> when you said that, you definitely poisoned the well for me because it was so it was so scathing and well put. But, you know, I still do think and here you are coming around a bit. Right. You know, there is there is something to it. Um, yes. Yeah. There and is. Uh, and that in, in a weird way, it's like I was listening. I was like, Adam's kind of like Tony Soprano. You know what I mean? Like you're creating. <laughs> First of all, that's the greatest compliment anyone has I, ever I given me. I figured you'd like it. I figured you'd like it. I was yeah. thinking about it earlier, and definitely just because I'm watching that show right now. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. But you know, he's he's like he's he's within reach for a reference. But like something you said to me, like when we were first getting to know each other mm. in New Orleans, you were like, I can't remember what prompted it. We were talking about something, and you were like, Mike. <laughs> this is my sitcom and you started laughing and I was like that's, that's like a funny way and, and everyone thinks it's the star of their own show but yeah. you're just listening to your podcast and hearing everyone else enter especially with you know the Morgan one being a period of your life where I was on a totally other end of it but everything right. she described was like yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Same in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It made me think of uh, Tony and the way he, he enters and exits people's lives and is so incredibly shitty to one person and incredibly sweet to the other. Yeah. And it's just a full human. I think that's, that's what became interesting was like, oh, I'm, I'm watching or I'm listening to this podcast and you're getting such a, a full spectrum portrait of Adam, but you're obviously a real person. That's why it's a little perverse to be like, you know, <laughs> like, like this TV character. Right, but, yeah. but it did, it, it clicked, uh, it clicked so much where I was just like, yeah, maybe, maybe there's more to that when he said he was the star of his own sitcom. <laughs> I wasn't giving it quite as much credit. I was like, you really, you really are that person, which is hilarious. And, um, <laughs> I, I, well, uh, first of all, I forgot that I said that to you. That's an insane thing to say to anybody. So I'm sorry that I said that. <laughs> well, it made so much sense because I, I can't remember the context, but it was, it was like a hilarious quip in the moment for uh, what we uh, were talking about. But yeah, thinking about it years later was just like, <laughs> oh shit, my neighbor totally just waved at me and I didn't, I didn't realize he was waving at me. It was very awkward. Good oh news. no, Good dude, Reginald is dog Charlie, uh, <laughs> not not Armenian. I think he's I think he's British, but uh, neither here nor there. Anyway, mm-hmm. so listening to yeah, I'm gonna just use papers. Yeah, you might need to. You might need to. Yeah, he works for do. Disney, so I think they cleared him. You know, they, oh, they okay. can be pretty. Uh, we don't need yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know how they can be. <laughs> um, uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Continue with uh, that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, listening to that, because when when you, and even seeing the title, um, Overalls with No Underwear, yeah. I remember that period where you were just in overalls. Yeah. You would, just, you would just turn up places. And I, I don't think I ever explicitly thought, like, is he put together enough to be wearing underwear right now? But it, I think no. it was apparent. Yeah, yeah like, I think it was just—it was a given. Because, <laughs> dude, my okay. There's one or two incidents like that are small. Well, one of them could have been bigger. Okay. That that I always remember. Yeah. From, like that craziness in New Orleans. Um, and one night, we were meeting up. Uh, I think I was out with like Sarah and some of her friends. I Mitch, drove on the were... curb. I drove on the curb yes, with the exactly. car. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I honestly, honestly, I did not know if you would remember that, but no, I remember. You, that. I, I, I walked you around like, the curb, like <laughs> yeah. almost ran over like four. People. We were like, oh, because I remember early at night, you were like, I'm gonna come meet you. I was like, yeah, dude, just don't drive. And you're like, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't drive. <laughs> <laughs> and like, dude, at the time, it was just like, oh god, oh my god, no, I remember but that hearing, because I was like, I literally Morgan almost stories, I was, yeah. I was like, I don't even know this person, but like. We have a shared experience where you probably, maybe you're coming from her house, you know, or any, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden, the other side of the story just started to fill in. And yeah. I realized something, too. I realized something, too, where I was just like, that's where he put all of his sweetness, obviously. Obviously. Because, <laughs> man, when, when you got, when you would get into, like, the, the just those stages, you yeah. had no patience for guys and no you know what i mean because there was just nothing in it oh wait hold you you'd broken up you'd broken up a little bit you said you had and then you would broken up oh my bad you you had no patience (laughs) what i heard on with morgan was how sweet and patient and like giving you were (laughs) and i was like where where was that quality it's like well no shit like he why would he have that for his guy friends it was just this is me fuck you you know what you know you know and this is something i had to grow yeah 
No, I was going to say, I'm not, you're, you're, you are a sweet guy and you're clearly a caring guy. But when you were in those, those modes, when you were, you know, when you flip the switch in those periods, it was very (laughs) like, if, if it was, if it was a guy who was being like, you know, Hey man, it it was very much, it was clear. You were just like, you you, just the look where where it was like, (laughs) you will have, you will sway me in no way whatsoever. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm doing this this is what my schedule is today and uh, yeah. this is what i'm gonna do yeah um no the, it, one of the one of the things that i had to unlearn really comes from like my like i guess attitude growing up like with my guy friends because we all did that like in, in a way to each other where it's like the the niceness and like the being like truly um affectionate was for the girls that you were with your guy friends yes. you assu- you assumed and this was my m- mistake just because i grew up in such an insular small little world was that oh yeah guys don't have feelings like they don't care if i blow <laughs> if i blow them off if i fucking just call them 10 minutes before i was about to come somewhere and just be like yeah i'm not showing up like th- those kinds <laughs> of things i didn't assume like guys cared about because the few six or seven guys I grew up around, that was how they treated me. That was how I treated them. Where it's like, yo, I'm, g- I'm obviously going to go get pussy. Like, I'm not, I shouldn't even have to tell you, like, what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm just yeah. not showing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but that, I mean, yeah. to be honest, like, that is kind of the unspoken thing. It's totally fair. I just thought with specifically New Orleans and just hearing all that. Because now that you say that, I do remember we were going to see Tom Segura one night. And yes. you called like ten minutes. You were just like, "I'm literally make it." Yeah, and that was. And we were just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and that was, and, and these are things that, like, I'll be at the grocery store, like, you know, picking something out, and I'll remember it, and I'll literally just want to throw something on the floor. I'll be like, "I was such a piece of shit asshole, motherfucker." <laughs> I literally want to hang myself. Like things exactly that moment when I texted you, and it was a pussy move. So a girl was coming over, and I could have either have been like okay, like, I had already made the plans with you. Like, I'd known that we were going to do this months in advance. And I was just like, no, 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 like, he'll understand. But then I'm not thinking, like, no, Mike didn't grow up with me. Like, Mike doesn't know, like, that that's not chill. Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, it it was, I was just being so selfish in those moments. Um, But yeah, I guess, I guess the, the Morgan thing really showed you the other side of where my actual affection was going. I guess that puts it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm not bringing it up to be like, where was my affection? <laughs> no, no, no. It was, just, point, yeah. it was hilarious because it's just, it's just, it was just one, it was that, that 30 minutes where it illuminated so much the other end of what was going on um, in just such a funny way, but also in, in a very real way, in a, in a way where, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it, hearing, hearing too, it, it was, it was really cool hearing the, how you guys influenced each other. Cause it was very sweet. You know what I mean? I, yeah. It, I, and I didn't know any of this stuff until I did the podcast. Like she never really said this kind of stuff to me until we yeah. talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing that always comes to mind that cracks me up, but like, it was something where like, it constantly presented itself as like a oh, motherfucker. Because, like, literally, you left, like, a physical wreckage behind at my place. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you were, <laughs> you, threw you, up. You crashed off. on my couch. 
I don't. Oh, are you talking about Thanksgiving? When we were yeah, I was thinking about Thanksgiving. Yeah, I was thinking about Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's wait. That's actually a great story. We should table it for a second. Just okay. Yeah. This is like this is during like that New Orleans period that you're really digging into. Was you came yeah. and crashed with Sarah and I, and there was a small triangular glass table, and you're on, you're on a couch that was like uh, it was uh, not made for any length of body. You know, besides the children's, like your yeah, legs yeah. were hanging off. But it was just, it was the way you handled breaking the table. Because, like, there was yeah. the one thing where, it, like, that night it was like, why, why are you, what the fuck? So you broke yeah. it. And you Instead of bringing a trash can out to where all the broken glass is, I think you bundled it in a blanket and you walked it through our bedroom. To the, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? I didn't know where anything was. And then, like, the next day you were like, yeah, I know, I know. And it was middle of the yeah. night. You know, you're just like discombobulated. Yeah. And like, I, you mostly cleaned it up. But yeah, and then you took off. I was still just like, damn, man. Yeah. Like, you really just smashed. The funny part is, man, <laughs> the part that we yeah. never talked about, yeah. you know, I just slowly started to see as time went on. Like, oh, I didn't mm. count around. Or maybe, you know, for example, lift up the rug. Yeah. That you, you just literally. <laughs> did not you just swept all this broken glass under the <laughs> fucking truck <laughs> i was just like yo as long as it's not on the floor and as long as it's under the bed no one's gonna see it i was just like in my insane mind i was just like when would he ever move any of this furniture like he's never gonna yeah. move it so i'll just put yeah. all this shit under <laughs> It was just like, I just shook my head. So I was just like, why did I think? Like, because you walk through the, the bedroom, yeah, this bundle of broken glass, and it was like, all right, well, I guess he's cleaning it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, my yeah. God. It's so funny. It's so fucking funny. Because, like, oh, I want to say within, like, a month, I was like, what are these jokes? Tri- oh, fuck him, asshole. <laughs> you know? Dude, it was, we, yeah, we, yeah. We actually rolled up. I was like, there. this is where the whole table went. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure 90% of it was underneath that rug. I think you know oh what it could have been? I was like, I'm, I was so tired that I was just like, I'm just going to put it underneath the rug so that the dog doesn't come oh, in and eat all the glass. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then I just was like, and I no, but then I woke up in the morning and I was like, fuck, no, I'm not cleaning. Yeah, you're like, that that's shit. taken care of. That's yeah. taken, I remember like, being having killed anyone. Emily's mansion you lived at and there was like, yeah. something like the trash was full up and like yeah. you were just sitting around smoking a blunt you looked at me you like I've never once taken the trash out here <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like yeah I bet I bet <laughs> literally I, I was just yeah no I mean well the, that's a whole another story I don't want to get into the, the Emily's house trash situation I could do a whole podcast about that but oh, it, I didn't realize it was that like hot it, of a it, topic. it is it's a it's a it's a very contentious <laughs> topic but um that's, of course yeah uh but uh but no but yeah I I think uh with some of the guests I've been able to get on I've really been able to capture those moments you know in New Orleans that we talked about in you know our early episode from your perspective and um but you know I am trying to like start to pivot away from just that like i want to talk to more about you know what i mean like people you know i want to talk to people and their experiences and sort of stuff like that but it's always good to be able to have stories you know in the gas tank that actually like yeah those are just they're classics now you know what i mean like yeah i can't i can't like how could i be mad at you for like the rug thing it's just like the most funny shit (laughs) <laughs> you know can, yeah can we can we talk about just i know you want to move off it but to put a pin in it can we talk sure. about that thanksgiving real quick 
Yeah, no, that's that a was, funny story. Yeah, that was yeah, great. That was hilarious all around. It was one where we both weren't going to be going back to Maryland, so we were like, all right, let's let's turn it up. And we went, we got Willie Mays fried chicken the day before. <laughs> we put it in my fridge, and I think you got a couple bottles of like $5 wine, and I got it was, a bottle It was of, two uh, bottles of $5 shot. Yeah, it was two yeah. bottles of $5 Chardonnay. Yeah. yeah. And we went and saw <laughs> – we went with, like, a group of people who were equally, I mean, probably more. I mean, you remember Ryan, my old neighbor. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. I believe we all went to see Interstellar. Interstellar. And we hit, uh, I had the volcano vape at the time, and I ate breakfast. I don't think you did. <laughs> Hell no. I, I remember, too, being in fucking IMAX, dude, like, mm-hmm. blaring. And Ryan, who, to put him in context, on a weekday would drink a full case of beer and two bottles of champagne. I would usually be on about six milligrams of uh, lorazepam. Yeah, I mean, that guy was a fucking elephant. Yeah. Substances. Oh, yeah, I and, remember. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. I mean, legendary. Yeah, he's, he, that whole, that apartment, that's like the. the that was where I met you. Me. Yeah, that, that little. Yeah, you met me time. in the yeah. throes of that place, which was uh, probably the strangest, I think, three year period of my life. In yeah, terms the dude. Of, like, you had the dude upstairs, yeah, Arthur. the Arthur, yeah. the crazy old dude. And, and it was funny yeah, because going off. It, it was funny because like you really were living that New Orleans when people think they're going to live like a quirky New Orleans <laughs> lifestyle. You were living that and it was a quirky New Orleans nightmare from what I yeah, understand. It was, it was. It was nightmarish and like it was like being it was very like fear and loathing. You know, yes, it had yeah. it had a Hunter S. Thompson edge to it that I think was cool at the time. You know what I mean? Like it really was. You're it like, really, yeah. it really was. It was like, man, like he's doing it. Like he's and you're like a <laughs> yeah, shitty. Was, you're like a shitty car. Like and also yeah. too like oh, oh dude that Jeep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're that Jeep and you lived like on Maple, which was a kind of a hipstery area, dude. You sold it. I was like, man, Mike's little, got little do yeah. people know like what is in that court. I still will talk to people, and I'm like, you know, like, the courtyard with the pool and Adams and Maple? And they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably good. You don't know, like, (laughs) what happened. The place was cursed forever because it it was old slave quarters. Yeah, it was. It was. 2016, 2017. It doesn't mean everything's just cool there now. Mm Mm-mm. That's bad spirit. But anyways, we were in IMAX, and I distinctly remember that Ryan, of course, he was already shit-faced. He passed out. And he woke up in the middle of the movie, Christopher Nolan sound. Hans Zimmer's <laughs> fucking bomb. He just all that yeah, 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 yeah. Space activity. And he, he, he looks at me like we're sitting next to the pool and he just woke up from a nap. What's yeah. going on, dude? Like, we're in a fucking movie, dude. You want to shut up for a <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> the, yeah. story, the stories go on and on with that guy. It's insane. But we got back to the pool mm-hmm. and, uh, we started drinking, and you were like, I'm fucking starving. I didn't eat breakfast. And I was like, I think that was a mistake. And we sat down to eat. I remember we were outdoors because there was yes. an old dining table that was by the pool. Mm-hmm. And we both got a bottle, and you're like Gerard Depardieu just slamming it against <laughs> the table. And before you've probably had like three bites, you've literally downed a whole bottle of wine. And I'm like, I think he's going too fast. <laughs> within within like 30 minutes, dude, you have like straight alcohol poisoning. It was yeah. insane. And you're just like writhing around my apartment. Ha, ha. I was like, listen, man, it's a studio. It's a small space to cover. Just don't throw up in the sink. Like go to the, the toilet. Lo and behold. Lo and behold. 
at one point you get up off the bed. It's a shorter distance to the bathroom by <laughs> at least half. And you stumble into my kitchen, you puke. And I'm just like, mother. Do you know what it, it was? It was this in the, in the I bathroom. In the, not, no, beyond that. That's a part of it. But <laughs> For sure. it's, the, it, it's, the, it's this. In the bathroom, I have, to, I have to bend down. There is a possibility when I bend down, I might miss. If I miss, then I have to clean your bathroom. So I think where's somewhere I can stand up and just kind of <laughs> hang out and throw up. And I was like, and I, didn't, chill. and I didn't think that there'd be dishes in your sink. But by the time you're standing somewhere and you have to throw up, you it's gotta there. Throw, it's yeah, there. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I really felt bad when I threw up all over your dishes. But the yeah. sink part of it, I was like, dude, I'll just like when I was when I was thinking about it laying on your bed dying. I was like, there's fucking no way I'm cleaning this man's bathroom if I fuck it up. I was like, I'm just going <laughs> to fuck up his sink and then clean a sink up. And he'll be mad, but at least he'll just clean a sink up and it'll just be the sink. But then when I yeah. threw up on all the dishes, I was like, dude, this is DEFCON 5. I've just fucked up everything. And I think I yeah. left, didn't I? I think I'm pretty sure I just I did. think you did like a little – You, I, I remember like you kind of grabbing some of it. Because I was like, dude, come on. Like, yeah, I know yeah. you're, you're dead right now, but like, come on, bro. And because uh, I really like the rest of the day was I just got really fucking stoned and played GTA and kind of made yeah. sure you were alive. Uh, like maybe tried to get you some water here or there. Like, you, want, you want any more chicken? Or, like... No, you know what it was? I I had, uh, I passed out on your bed and then I woke up and it was nighttime. And you were playing Far Cry. And I was like, yeah. yo. Oh, I, I was like, yeah. exactly what you said, dude. It was so funny because you, you woke up and it was kind of just like nine hours later. Like, oh, hey, dude. And you were like, yeah. you kind of like straightened up. You're like, well, I guess I'm going to dip. I guess that's the move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, man. Oh, it, was, that... it was too funny. It's funny, oh. too, because when I was in high school, we had like, I think my mom was out of town. We had a party or something. But I had a buddy, Tim, and he was always the guy who would like, kind of, he would lie to his mom, and then, like, she would be calling everyone else's parents, and we'd be like, uh, yeah. how many times do we have to, like, slap together a story for you? Like, no one believes it, no one buys it, all that shit. <laughs> yeah, right, right. He was, just, he was that dude, and, you know, yeah, he was a yeah. lot of fun, but uh, he threw up in our sink at my mom's place once, and it was like, oh, Tim, yeah. you gotta clean it. And, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so it was, same deal with Tim, he was just like, yeah, fuck you. Not gonna clean your <laughs> sink. <laughs> Which, I mean, listen, yeah. when you're on that end of it, yeah. Uh, if that's your natural response, who can blame you? Because now we're just, it's just man-to-man here, and uh, <laughs> it's just fuck your sink. Uh, yeah, well, no, I, I think I think even, even at my worst, I would try to haphazardly make things better. Even if they weren't, I would, I would at least give the attempt, like the shallow attempt at like trying to make things. I wouldn't just immediately just be like, nah, fuck everything. I think yeah. maybe I did that one or tw- one one or two times. Where I was just like, "Listen, like, you're gonna have to kill me. Like, I'm just not gonna do this." <laughs> yeah, like, you just you just you weighed the risk and you were like, "Yeah, but to be honest, fuck you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that was very rare. There's just sometimes, um, but no, I think uh, I think one of the things that I really appreciated about New Orleans was that you were surrounded by so many people that were also just completely fucked up. That like it, it, yeah, yeah, or, never or be worse. The worst. You could never <laughs> be the worst. Yeah, there was this bottomless pit of degeneracy where, like, I was like, well, at least I'm not that fucking dude. 
So that you, you could of, easily show up at my place, and no matter how fucked up you were, you, you could look at Ryan and be like, "I've got a long exactly. way to go. Like I can, I can keep having fun." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I got some more. I, I got some more time on my, you know, on my meter here before uh, before yeah, I get dude, my ticket. I mean, yeah. He, I think I told you, he went to to prison for he he. His whole story is insane, but like a, a little snapshot. Um, when he was in college, he was doing a lot of meth, and he would be up for a couple weeks at a time. And he was also very—he was in Texas. He was really anti-Bush, and you know, he, he was—he was significantly older than us. So you know, yeah, he was yeah. In, in college in the early Bush era. So yeah, he—he, uh, he, I guess he had a reputation for tweaking out and kind of ranting against Bush. And he was also—he's a chemist. That's like the hilarious part is that he is like a really smart genius. guy. Yeah, really. He was getting his, his PhD at Tulane. Yeah, in biochemistry when when we knew him, and they, they, I mean they were kind of like Jesus Christ, what do we do with this guy? Without a doubt, but still a, a just an objectively smart guy. So oh yeah, he's cooking LSD in his dorm, so he's got like this whole lab set up, and mm-hmm. Bush is coming to speak at their campus. And through his kind of methy rantings and the fact that he's got like a chemistry set going in his dorm room. Uh, you know, the wrong word travels and Department of Homeland Security came in and busted him because they thought he was going to make a fucking bomb. No so, way. Yeah, I never told <laughs> so him. So then what is, no, what, so how does he, like, what kind of bomb was it? Like, what was he trying to do? He wasn't making a bomb. The thing is, though, is like, he was just making LSD, but he still got in trouble because he was like, guys, I'm not, I'm not making weapons, I'm making drugs. You know what I mean? Like. It's not, it's not great. It was still illegal. So he went to jail, or, or I'm sorry, he went to prison. Um, he went to jail first, then prison. But, you know, he did, uh, he, he did, I want to say a year, maybe two. Um, and, and definitely some, some pretty gnarly and treacherous stories from that. He said he, he was in there with, uh, with Branch Davidians. Which is so interesting. Yeah, because right? he was in Texas. Yeah, yeah. holy yeah. shit. Holy and like, you know, fighting for food and just a lot of crazy shit like that. I didn't um, even know he went to, you know, I, and all the time that I knew him, I never, know, I never knew he actually went to prison. Uh, dude, he, he's pretty hunky-dory. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't look at him and, and yeah, and think that. And he is a, wow. a mostly pretty zen guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was well, that, And so he was my neighbor for three years. I mean, that was just fucking crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, I, it, like, th- there really were a lot of phases to New Orleans. Like, there were things that yeah. I saw and, and did on, like, a daily basis that just started to kind of evaporate as I got older. And, like, there really is, you know, especially with people like Ryan, like, there's a, there's a time limit. There's only a certain amount of time you can be around an energy like that, you know, before, yeah. you know, before it starts to rub off on you. So I think, like, he, he was definitely he was super fun, super smart guy. We had a lot of fun times. But he was one of those, like, kind of pieces of New Orleans, like those people yeah. that go there for that express purpose of just boozing and watching the day go by, you know? Yeah, and it, it can be a black pit for sure. Um, even, it's because, you know. Yes. But, I, I, you know, I. <laughs> yeah, what were you going to say? You there? No, no, I'm sorry. I heard a, a beep, and I wasn't sure if it's something that changed. But, uh. Yeah, oh, wait. I mean, like, let's uh, see. Hold on. Let's see if we're still recording. There maybe. It might have just been. Oh no! Jumped in. Oh no! We're good. We're good. Yeah, somebody could have cool, jumped cool. in first. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. It's all good. 
Let's keep uh, yeah, it moving. Yeah, there were that definitely like uh, that for sure. Living there reached a point where it's like, all right, like you know, right. runs over. And I mean, the story with him, I don't know how he's doing now. I, he moved to the the West Coast, but like, it, you know, that that kind of fun turns dark pretty quick. And it's like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I I saw that guy right before I moved, and mm-hmm. I hadn't seen him in a while. Like I saw him outside of Fresno. Yeah, um, yeah. Or maybe it was right before he moved, but it was around. It was around the end, and he was like, "Yeah, I just got out of the hospital. My liver was uh, failing." I was like, "Oh, okay, not surprised." But basically, right. it was just like, "All right, well, I think I'm saying goodbye to you." So, <laughs> out here on the side, you know what I mean? Where it's just yeah, like, yeah, I, I love you, dude. Um, you know, take care of yourself. Where it was like, "Yeah, I think I just, I think I just say goodbye to someone for good." However, I did uh, when I was back. That break right before you and I fully fell out, that New mm-hmm. Year's break, mm-hmm, when I was mm-hmm. back there too, he was back in town because a friend of his, Thelma, who had drank herself into pancreatitis and, and oh. finally died. Yeah, oh. she hung around the pool a lot too. She was, she, I mean, she was rough. She was a very, yeah. very sad story. Oh, she man. had died. He had come back for the funeral, but I learned from him he'd been living in Seattle with his brother and kind of like the rule was you got to stop drinking if you're right. going to come out here and be around my family and like, they got him on a sober track. But when he came back to New Orleans mm. for his friend's funeral, who had drank herself to death, yes. they held the funeral. Guess where they held the funeral? If you say Snake and Jake's, I'm going to get really sad. Snake and Jake's. Oh, my God. And he gave oh. himself that trip to start drinking again, which was just like the most crazy logic. So it's oh. like, yeah, New Orleans is fun. And. Something I've been thinking about, too, is uh, because of your script and some of the reactions you got, where it's like people don't want to necessarily admit that, like, the college element is part of the culture. It objectively Mm -hmm. is. It just, it is. It's there. It's a part of the city. You can be someone who's really from there and be like, no, that's not New Orleans culture. And unfortunately, that's an opinion. The fact is, the college life is part of that town. People live there. People experience the city. But uh, the benefit for those of us who are like that, you know, even if you stay down there for four more years, like I did, it's still like you're able to remain at a distance and hopefully have enough objectivity to go. Oh, funeral and snake and Jake's letting yourself drink again. For, like, and just right. look at it and go, this is insanity. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Suicide. Insanity. Yeah. Suicide. Yeah. Suicide. Yeah. 100%. Slow motion, slow motion suicide is, it should be, you know, you know, when you go into the airport and like, there's uh like, you know, New Orleans, like Vina Vedu or whatever. It's just to say, welcome to the city of oh, slow boy. motion, slow motion suicide. That's what you do here. Yeah. I mean, I was talking and, to Johnny yeah. Harvey yesterday. Yeah. And I, I just, for whatever reason I got on it where there used to be those old commercials in Louisiana yeah. where they'd be like selling cars or something to be like this enormous fat dude. And yeah, just be like, yeah, come on down to Dodge on Veterans Highway. <laughs> Let me tell you something. New Orleans is resilient, and the word <laughs> resilient with a definition would pop up on screen. I'd be like, oh. how fucking stupid do you think your population is? Oh, you know what oh. I mean? Like, uh, hey, those listen, things crushed me. If yo man, he needs to put that definition on there. Unfortunately, yeah. for all That's of us, a, yeah, 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 man, and and you know. A lot of this podcast has to do with my experiences in New Orleans and um, because they were so formative. Um, but I, I do think for the people that are still there that are trying to make you know their adult life, 
um, I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm so in awe of them and I'm so, um, I'm so happy that there are people that I knew that came out of that college world, you know, that I kind of talk about and describe in that script who were able to then reform themselves and not to say that I couldn't have done that, but there are only very few lanes you can go. You can be a teacher, you can, you know, make or maybe work for a couple small businesses. You could have a rich dad, you know, that could be another thing that you do. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, but for whatever it is, at least they're able to reach a stasis, you know, like, there's so much to do in New Orleans. There's so many ways to sabotage yeah. yourself, but to find that that world where hey, I can still enjoy all of these things, but I actually have something to do here. Um, I think is is a feat in itself. And and when you do find that, New Orleans actually is a fucking great place, man. Magical. Yeah, it, it really is. I, yeah. yeah, I'm glad you you made that point too because I I don't want it to just sound like we because i mean you know we came from out of town we spent some time down there and, and then we really we shit on it um, <laughs> but it is and there's plenty to shit on for sure and that's true of like a lot of cities we just had the particular experiences we did down there you know both of us um on our own together whatever but yeah i mean plenty of people make it work just fine down there. i think of someone like hunter and like he quit drinking and has gotten like he's lost a bunch of weight like he he's a great example of someone who he'll make it work down there. You know what I mean? And he will yeah. make it work in a way that's good for him, you know, right. mentally, physically, all that. Plenty of people do just fine down there. You know what I mean? We saw so many of these horrific elements. And I think it's, you know, for both of us, it just came to a point where it just wasn't agreeable, you know? And it was like, ah, right. maybe somewhere else is, is better for, for Adam or Mike, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's all it really boils down to. But, you know, yeah. I will I will say this now that, you know, um, I have a platform and I can speak honestly. Um, listen, seafood is good. It's good. <laughs> I, I like seafood. Yeah. We all love seafood, right? Sure. Um, you know, um, okay, that's all. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. The food in New Orleans yeah. isn't that. The food in New Orleans is not that good. It's not no, that good. It's really, it's really not, dude. If you've it's never, not. if you're, here's where it's, here's when it's good. If you're from Virginia, if you're from, uh, you know, Oklahoma, if you're from Wisconsin uh, and you've never had spicy food before, uh, then New Orleans, yeah, it's got but red beans and rice with the sausage. I don't miss that. The fucking mm. po'boys, they're not good. I don't the po'boys were never that great to begin with. They're a sandwich. Um, I, I really need to make it clear that like it has nothing to do with me hating on New Orleans. It is an objective fact that if you really think that you're like a foodie or like that New Orleans is this great cuisine, it, it doesn't. It has a cuisine. It has something that you can only get there. So if you happen to like that shit, then for sure, go ahead. Eat, you know, eat, eat your slop. But the <laughs> you fucking cows. Is that what you're you fu- no, like because. <laughs> And and, 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 and and on top of that, on top of that, there are a lot of places in, in this country that have Francophile things. Like if you're somebody that enjoys France and enjoys French culture, definitely stop over in New Orleans. But New Orleans is not the, cov- the covenant for French culture. It's Acadian culture. It's not like this fucking yeah. – there's so many fucking people that, 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 especially that I went to school with, that went there that, that would, you know, do, go to all these little French restaurants. And, ooh, I got a crepe. Like, 
you can go to New York and get a crate. Like the, yeah. the, the, there are so many things that are just patently false. They're like marketing fucking uh, what's it oh, called? For sure. Marketing ploys. Yeah, that is not New, yeah. New Orleans has the the nightlife and the accessibility um, that rivals most cities. I think it really does. But yeah. and that, in a small yeah. package, like that's that exactly yeah. Even like where with one of the stories that started, it's like that night we're all hanging out in St. Claude. You got across town. I bet ten minutes. You know ten minutes. I mean? Ten minutes. Yeah, no problem. Means, yeah, and and, and it really it, it, exactly it's a playground, and and I really want like I really want to give it that, but like there's a reason why Treme wasn't a good show, like they, like there's <laughs> like you know what I mean, like there is yeah, this yeah. other level of like fantasy land that I hear people talk about with New Orleans that I, I if I if I if I can just see screen to the mountaintops that is not real that is TV, sure. Yeah. yeah, in terms of food, and I, a lot of people that are, like, much more diehard New Orleans than you or I, they'll admit, too, where it's like, yeah, it's a lot of sugar and butter, um, and it, it it helps keep tourist bellies full and whatnot. It's like, the real, truly, like, oh, this is the culture of Louisiana food is, like, boudin. And when mm. Mitch and I went down there this summer, we passed mm. through his hometown, which was interesting. Mm. I, I met Mitch's mom, Pa, and saw his wow. home. Yeah, um, yeah, which which was pretty pretty fascinating on its own. Um, but uh, that's so cool. While we were out there, he uh-huh. mentioned his mom mentioned Buddha, and I was like, oh, I never actually had it. He, they were all like, "What?" So we stopped and we got some, and that was honestly some of the most delicious shit I've ever had. Never had mm. it found it in New Orleans itself. We were in out we were in the out outskirts, near yeah, Lafayette. Yeah, we were in, in, yeah, Mitch will tell you he's from Lafayette, just so he doesn't have to tell you. That he's from Eden, Louis. You know, just because it's too yeah. much to explain. You know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Hey, I, I get think, that. Yeah. When I think of New Orleans and eating, I think of like superior seafood. Let me get you know quarter or whatever it is, fifty cent oysters because I'll eat five thousand of these <laughs> yeah. and drink light beer and bread. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. it's all like loads you up for alcohol food. Exactly. It's good. It's good prep for the twelve drinks you're about to have. And, yeah, just so like you'll you'll not dip into like a coma. You yeah, you'll. <laughs> and I think you know. Um, I was talking about this with Chris uh, Parham. There's so much potential for the nightlife of New Orleans to evolve. Like I think there's so much beauty in seeing a brass band, especially in on Frenchman Street. But like there needs yeah, to be there needs to I'd be. No, there there is a there is a magic to that. No, man. there is, and you also the, what you just described is the best is going from a bar to a different club or whatever on Frenchman. There's a brass like that. That is the fun part, and that's also where in recent years people are starting to go fuck. Like Frenchman was the local secret. Uh, yeah, now there's a bunch of tourists on it because that's right. kind of like like you're. It's like they they kind of it's a coveted keep this part secret nightlife. You know, like yeah. Let all the tourists flood Bourbon Street. We'll have Frenchmen. Yeah, and I heard people in recent years be like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" Like the secrets out. Yeah, no, I have heard that. I have heard that, and I think like, um, I I applaud New Orleans and trying to have t- trying to keep what they believe is for them. You know, stuff that that locals can enjoy without being bothered. I enjoy that sentiment. Um, Detroit's a lot like that. Like Detroit is probably ten times like that. 
where they they have their you know you go to the city center everybody will be nice and happy but if you want to go to where the locals go like you got to actually ask around you got to really get in like you got to really know somebody to know like nah it's this dilapidated building that's half exploded like that's where the the best like bar is like literally but you won't know that yeah so like and i and and i like cities that do that um yeah the elegant decay that like you can keep uh people at arm's distance exactly i mean you know like when you first get down to new orleans and you see some of the you're you're like this is fallujah like why would i ever go down that block and then once you live there it, it becomes so when when my mom and brother would come and visit, they would mm. be fucking terrified, especially with the spot I lived in last in Mid City. My mom. Was oh like, yeah, I'd that, be, I that was, was terrified. Incomprehensible for you. I mean, it was it was a pretty sketchy spot, but yeah. even so, at the spot uptown, one of the nights that my my brother and his now wife, very very sweet Marylander <laughs> DC people. Yeah. They were crashing in that studio, and Arthur, oh. the upstairs neighbor, shot his gun off. And they, dude, th- how fast they got out of there, and were like, "You're you're staying." What's <laughs> like, yeah. insane? It was. Oh. They were just like, "You you cannot be serious." Like that was a gun that was fired, <laughs> like directly yeah. above where you live, and you're just gonna sleep here. And I was like, "Yeah, it's happened before." And they're like, "What?" Like they're right. <laughs> What I'd like to see, like, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it is, it, it is interesting what you get used to and how fast you get used to certain things in New Orleans. Yeah, be, and I think it might be just because be because of the setting, because it's so weird and and bizarre coming from the East Coast, where you know most houses look the same or at least are of the same type of quality, right? You don't oh, have yeah, a house. Maryland. Yeah. yeah, Maryland, like, you just don't see blight like that in Maryland, you know, it's just, mm. we, you know, it's it's that shining city on a hill that George Washington spoke about in his early writings, uh, but with New Orleans, I think, um, it, 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 one of the cool things, I think, that I um, started to appreciate about it was how much freedom that blight gave you, like, people weren't really fucking with you, like, never had a bad interaction with a cop. Like, it's just not like mm. if you're in a wrong place at the wrong time, you're in a bad area, you're trying to do something, you know, you shouldn't be doing and somebody can get get one over you or you can get pickpocketed. But it's not yeah. really like a it's not really like a predatory like we're going to come into the we're, we're not, you know, it's not like how Trump's saying like they're going into the suburbs like normal. They don't people kind of stay in their own little worlds like they don't go into the bad area or the nice areas and loot and then go back into into the bad areas like it really is like once you know your block or your radius it can really become you know a very easy city to live in yeah you know it's funny the most i ever really like would hear of i wouldn't say like see but like what that was every once in a while you get the bolo alerts and there was one period in particular where like there was a string of connected robberies because it was like someone with the silence pistol was going into houses where Tulane kids were dealing drugs and were straight up robbing them. And that, those were like particular ones. And, you know, like someone would drive down Broadway and like try to, you know, throw a girl in the car. Like you'd hear about stuff. Like yeah. That, stuff like that happened. Yeah. You cross Claiborne and it's like, yeah, like, or you go across Carrollton, the Leonidas where it's like, it's just, this is you almost feel like you're the suburbs, but it's just a little bubble around the campus, and it's uh, not even like a criminal element is invading. It's just they're literally crossing the street into it. Yeah, straight know? up. 
Yeah. One of my favorite <laughs> stories was, uh, and you probably know this frat. I, I wouldn't name it, but uh, my buddy was buying acid from them, and he went over there one time, and they told him a story because I think Coke came up, and that a group mm. of them went out with like 20K into mm. like some farm in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can guess what happened. They didn't mm-hmm. get any fucking coke. No, no, they, they didn't get any in, They ran yeah. into some dudes with yeah. an AK-47 yep. and said, all right, now turn around and go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank <laughs> they, you for the drop-off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they thought they were big ballers. Hell uh, no. Spending their dad's money because they were going to flip a bunch of coke, and they just went home empty-handed. <laughs> Dude, you know that happened. Um, so, uh, like my my freshman year, it was when a buddy of mine was a sophomore on Broadway Street on Frat Row. This happened on Frat Row. That there were, you know, like a bunch of. Uh, um, there was one particular frat. Again, I won't name who it is. That was selling Molly, like you know. And letting people know that they were selling Molly, like giving out their number and shit and like being like, yo, we right. got a bunch of shit. So I guess their number got around to some goons. So they set it up with someone that they knew. This is like, I swear to God, this is like a scene from a fucking movie. The dude hits them up late as shit at night, like late, like 2 a.m. And it's like, dude, I got a cop, like a bunch of Molly. I'm about to go on this like big festival. Like Ooh. I know it's last minute. So then the dude comes through. And they open the door, and behind him are, like, three dudes with surgical masks on, like, you know, everybody's wearing now. Like, yeah. the, the masks with AKs, and they literally just tell everybody to wake up. They tell everybody in the frat house, like, a big house to wake up, come downstairs. They don't do anything. They just tell them to sit down, and they take everything. They take the TV off the wall. They yep. take every little yep. thing that's in the house. They're so <laughs> And they just leave. <laughs> like, they literally, it was the easiest, like, just the sweet. They just yeah. swept the house. And left, oh and, and that God. was the kinds of because it is New Orleans is that kind of a city. It is that kind of yep. a place where there are people who will do those kinds of things to you. And and because New Orleans, and especially Tulane, has such a good marketing ploy for people who want to come and they want to party. And you know, it is a playground, like we said. They can really forget, like, yo, you're you're not in Westchester anymore, Alice. Like, you're not yeah. in Westchester anymore. Like, you'll actually yeah. get get got here and yeah. um and but that started Tulane to slow the mark yeah. too oh yeah Tulane definitely but it was I, weird yeah, yeah huh no I, I had a quick story i, I rear-ended a guy yeah two dudes um actually on broadway right out you know, like pretty much right mm-hmm. past the boot and mm-hmm. i was i was just i was just tired it was a rainy day it was after a class and i was on my phone and i just i looked up and i i went to slam the brakes and it was wet and i slid and i rear-ended them and they kind of came out, and they could see I was a nervous fucking wreck. <laughs> yeah. I realized, like, that, that helped me with the cops once, too, the only time I got pulled over there. Oh, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm sure other pigment things, but you know what I mean? With these guys, <laughs> these were just, like, a couple of dudes. Mm. I think they were talking to me, like, they had a skate shop, mm. and, like, mm. Lil Wayne used to always hang out there and all that shit. But, like, right. they came out, and they could see I, was, I wasn't just being, like, okay, great, like, give me your insurance, like, acting mm. like it was... You know, what I, mean? I wasn't actually yeah. titled, and I was right. genuinely concerned for the the physical damage, the cars, and yeah. one of the dudes was kind of like, "Oh, my neck feels a little." Oh, fuck yeah, oh. and we kept talking, and I could tell at one point he was like, "You go to Tulane," and I knew that was a pivotal question. And I was like, "No, I go to Loyola," and yeah. like after that, I think they probably made a couple assumptions. Yeah, one they might have been like, "All right, this guy's probably less of a dick than we think." Right. Two, 
he's not going to, he's not someone we can necessarily just squeeze money out of with a lawsuit. So I never, (laughs) insurance took care of everything. And I never, I never got a call that said, Hey man, that guy's neck, he needs physical therapy. He didn't like milk it or anything. Nice. I always think that uh, the Tulane question was a big part of that. (laughs) Oh, I bet it was. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you just have people, I mean, the stories I heard, especially the, the one, the, the, the times where you can come into contact with that, like New Orleans upper crust is when you talk to two lane kids that are local two lane kids that like <laughs> grew up in Metairie. That's when you can kind of hear like what the upper crust of New Orleans, how they live and their kind of, you know, sort of mentality about things. And yeah, this dude, it was like, dude, it's my first year. I'm going to be in a Mardi Gras crew. Like, bro, they like hired some prostitute with like, these big fake ass tits, like service drinks, like at our like ball and shit, man. Like just telling me the, telling me the most upsetting, like just sad, like, just like <laughs> yeah. rich people share. I was like, that just sounds like human trafficking. I don't even know what you, why you're explaining yeah. this to me. But, like uh, the whole but, class that was like about that loyal sociology of Mardi Gras. Oh, and it went yeah. into like the debutante balls, and yeah, very much comparing it to human trafficking. And, and, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and he was just like, like coked up telling us this whole story. Oh, yeah, 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 just you know, getting a little loose. Um, and and you just hear, you know, yeah, I, I, that's one of the great things that I uh, love about my time in New Orleans. I really got to meet a good swath of people that I doubt, and that's what college does, right? That people you typically yeah. wouldn't meet in other circles. Um. And just kind of hang going, out. You don't, yeah. you don't get that at College Park. You don't get that at, you know, University of Miami, Ohio. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you're truly right. Truly, what you're exposed to in New Orleans is pretty singular. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. No, that's that is the unique quality, and and also, you know, just the like again, the freedom, the, the amount of things you can get away with there, um, yeah. uh, is just madness. I remember one coke dealer in, at Tulane. Um, I was in the one of the dorms. Was like, oh yeah, no, they don't even no, they dude, they don't even check, like, because they know we have drugs in here. So like, why would they check? He was so rich, like he was so rich, and he was like, why would they get me in trouble? They know I have yeah. drugs in here. Yeah, it, so they know pr- who my dad is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I to, to close it out because we're at an hour. Um, you remember my friend Lance? Um, one of the things. Yeah. He used to always say, uh, anytime like a like a cop at the boot or like, because he would cause scenes a lot on Broadway. He he would just be like, uh, "Do you know who my dad is? I'm Lance Tulane." <laughs> he'd be like, "He'd be like, I'm what? Lance Tulane," and it would be long enough. The cop would be confused for long enough for him to run away. He would say, "I'm Lance oh Tulane," and then they, they'd be like, "What?" And he would book it, and that was his way out of shit. But uh, amazing, <laughs> but that yeah. is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> He did that probably three times before it just started I getting too scary. Really sketchy. has to think like, <laughs> like what? It wasn't even His like name I'm is thinking... the whole school. Yeah, like oh, that's not like, even what? like that's not even just a library. Yeah. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> yeah, and he's gone. Yo, it was the best. Oh man, but yeah, any anything closing? Anything you want to plug or talk about or anything like that? Not in particular. This, this is a lot of fun. I, I, you know, and if it's the last uh, New Orleans memory lane one that we do, yeah, good, I think it was one. a good way. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So just to let listeners know who might be um, listening to this pretty soon, as in tomorrow, we're doing the Halloween spooktacular episode. Uh, there's gonna be yeah. a lot of folks in there. We're gonna be getting a little lit. We're gonna be saying things a lot of people don't want to hear. We're gonna be telling a lot of truths. So, you know, if, uh, if um, you know, you, you're not into that, there's definitely for people who are, who are, you know, into hearing things that are 
that are, um, you know, unsavory. Set. Yeah, unsavory. But, you know, if you're one of those people that likes to hear, like, you know, lies, if you like to listen to Rachel Maddow, like, you know, uh, this isn't the podcast for you. But if you like truth, then uh, the next episode tomorrow, Adam's Halloween Spooktacular, it's the episode for you. Uh, Mike yeah. will be on there. Mike, you're going to be there? Yeah, I'll, I'll show up. Awesome, what time awesome. are you doing it? Still got to figure out the time. I know Ben said after work for him, so it's probably after 4 Eastern. I'm trying to go for 5 P, uh, Pacific time, so it's 8 their time. Does that work oh, for I you? Got you. Uh, I'm gonna, I mean, that's when I'm going to be going meeting up with people. at. Uh, oh, at right, 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 right. You did so many emails. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. What's your, your quick <clears throat> prediction for next week with the election? <laughs> Uh, Trump's land, Trump landslide, Trump landslide. Uh, not that I like yeah. a big Trumper, but it's a Trump landslide. I mean, if you guys can't feel that and, and you know, the people listening abroad are getting mad at me right now. Um, Marie in Germany, I'm sorry. Um, Trump's going to yeah. win again. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like he's just going to win again. Uh, yeah, the Democrats like need, it, but I'm pretty sure that's probably going to be the case too. Yeah. Democrats need to do a better job of listening to their base and they need to do a better job of um, not being um, snarky assholes to the American public. And then maybe they'll win an election sometime in the next hundred years. But um, that's that's pretty much in a nutshell how I feel. What about you? No, I mean, I think that that's pretty much the word right there. I, I, <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think, you know, the Democrats that we, you know, because I, I will I'll side with them for sure. I don't think that uh, we necessarily learned a ton from 2016 it's pretty embarrassing um and we've come at it with a lot of the same approaches so it's kind of it's a little bit of uh of what do you expect i think a lot obviously i think a lot more people turned out to vote this year which is great but Mm -hmm. um i I still don't think it's going to push the needle and we're probably in for another you know what we're seeing what, what we're seeing what i believe with the democratic vote right now is the way the Democrats should have been voting for the past, like, 30 years. Like, the turnout that we're seeing, yeah. the reason why it's so astronomical is because no one votes. So you're basing it off of a very low bar. Republicans vote way more than Democrats, and they're not going to cover how many people, how many fucking Republicans uh, are voting for Trump. They're just not going to cover that. Um, yeah. it, would be an, it would be antithetical to the whole point of uh, liberal news coverage would be to cover Trump. Gain, making any gains in the next week so i don't expect them to tell me anything uh just like they didn't in 2016 but yeah. uh you know well, once again uh to the audience just remember um uh rachel maddow hates you um so does so does anderson cooper he he loathes you he loathes uh, the average american um he does. Say, yeah he loathes you he really doesn't even like breathing the same air as you um so i just want you guys to know that going into the election coverage uh the next week but uh, yeah, Mike. Anything else? No, nah, man. That's it. That's it. I'm I'm tuning out on all the coverage. I'm just gonna wake up and <laughs> yeah, no, and see I, <laughs> see what it is. My dead father left me a voicemail uh, in 2016. Yeah, because I fell asleep during the coverage and woke up to okay, Trump won, and then oh, I got a vo- voicemail from Dad. He yeah, was jubilant. Yeah, I mean, there was something just fresh and new in his voice. So you how never excited, heard before. <laughs> how excited, Mike. He, I, I can't. I'm so happy for the future for you and Pat. I mean, Trump is going to turn this country around. He's dead now, but I expect a voicemail next week. <laughs> <laughs> I fully expect. It. <laughs> oh man, that's a great one to end it on. All right, all right, Mike. Well, it's it's been wonderful. Um, let's uh, let's do this again soon. You'll 
you'll uh, try to join us again, I'm sure, we're, for another special. But it's been yeah. a good episode. Yeah, it was fun, man. Awesome, man. Holy shit, that was funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, um, yeah.